Trial Brief with your host, David Otto. I want to talk specifically about one of those cases that was contained in the Brooklyn District Attorney's report on wrongful convictions. And I urge you to take a look at it. It's online. It's 100 pages, but it's a quick read. And it's, it's very, very interesting and very important, as, as you've heard in the last episode. But the case I want to talk to you about involves three defendants, uh, Martinez, Velasco, and Vargas. And those are pseudonyms. That case appears on page 80 of the report. So if you want to take a look at it, it's in there. I want to tell you the story about Lucas Martinez and how Lucas Martinez was sentenced to 25 years to life for murder and arson. On the night of February 6, 1980, a tragic fire killed a 27-year-old mother and her five children, ranging from the ages of nine months to nine years, when their third-floor apartment became engulfed in flames. The owner of the building, and again, it's a three-story townhouse, and we'll call her Jane Smith, another pseudonym. And Jane Smith had told the police that while in her second-floor apartment, that she heard three men whispering in a common hallway, that she didn't think anything of it, went to bed. And immediately after these three men left the building, there was an explosion and a fire. And on the early morning hours of February 7th, there was a knock on the door of Mr. Martinez's apartment. He was asked to come down to the precinct to answer some questions about a possible crime committed that night. Now, Mr. Martinez, knowing that he was home with his wife, voluntarily went down to the precinct without an attorney to answer any questions that they had. Mr. Martinez's wife was told by the police that this was a routine matter and he'll be back in the morning. Unfortunately, Mr. Martinez did not return. You see, Jane Smith, the owner of that townhouse, was a local heroin dealer living on the second floor. And Jane Smith told the police that she knew the men, and especially one of the men, Lucas Martinez, and she claimed that she had a dispute earlier in the day with Mr. Martinez and He claimed he was coming back later to burn the place down. Jane Smith lived on the second floor of that townhouse with her two daughters. The fire marshal determined that the fire originated in two separate and distinct locations on the first floor, both with the use of an accelerant. He took some samples and wrote a report to that effect that the fire was caused by arson. All three men maintained their innocence and the trial of the matter began on November 2nd of 1981. Mr. Martinez's wife testified that he was home with her at the time of the fire, and in fact, one of the other men was also home with his wife at the time of the fire, and she testified to that fact as well. And the district attorney relied on the testimony of Jane Smith and her daughter and the fire marshal to convict the three men of arson and murder. Based on the testimony of Jane Smith, her daughter, and the fire marshal, the jury convicted the three men of six counts of murder and arson. The men were later sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. And at the time, Mr. Martinez was 25 years old, the other men 29 and 30. Well, it seems pretty cut and dry when you have an eyewitness and you have scientific evidence to back up the eyewitness testimony. But what went wrong here? Well, for starters, the eyewitness, Jane Smith, was a local heroin dealer who lived on the second floor of that 
Park Slope townhouse and rented it to that family of six on the third floor. Jane Smith had been previously arrested for making a false report of a fire alarm. Prior to this, shortly before this incident, had been arrested for selling heroin and operating a shooting gallery from her apartment where her two teenage children lived. And Jane Smith used to rent syringes to the drug addicts and allow them to shoot up in her apartment and in an unoccupied and unlocked first floor apartment. It turns out that Ms. Smith had an illegal electric hookup for the top two floors and the first floor because they lacked electricity. And those addicts would come to that first floor apartment, which was always open, and they would use it. They would use it to cook their drugs on candles, and candles were prevalent throughout that first floor apartment. And as a result of that arrest for a sale of drugs, Jane Smith and her daughter were facing, at the time of this fire, were facing beef felony drug charges that carried a potential sentence of 25 years in prison. Now, Jane Smith was known in the neighborhood and to her family and to acquaintances as a pathological liar. And in this particular instance, Jane Smith had an obvious motive to lie about how this fire started because she was negligent in allowing drug addicts to shoot up in an unoccupied apartment using candles and had an illegal and dangerous electric hookup in that townhouse. Just as importantly, Ms. Smith was seeking to obtain insurance money for the destruction caused by the fire. But not only that, her story made no sense. In fact, at the time of the incident, in separate statements, she made the first of her many lies to two separate officers. First, the New York City Fire Marshal, and next to the police officer who was in charge of the investigation. And she had claimed to them at the time that she was in her second floor apartment She didn't speak Spanish, but she heard the three men speaking Spanish. And even though she claimed that she didn't find the Spanish voices suspicious, she decided to look out of her window anyway and saw the same individuals whose voices she had recognized running down the street. And she claimed that she went back to bed and then heard, immediately heard an explosion causing the fire. And in multiple inconsistent statements, She reported to the police that the three men she heard were Martinez, Vargas, and Velasco. The district attorney used this testimony that the district attorney called later on implausible almost to the point of unbelievable in order to convict the defendants. In fact, at trial, Ms. Smith contradicted herself and admitted lying or making mistakes in previous testimony 24 times and further claimed memory lapses at least 26 times. And as for her daughter, it should be noted that it was later learned that the daughter had been using drugs since the age of nine and had an extensive juvenile record. No drug use or illegal activities by the daughter were disclosed by the district attorney's office to the defense prior to or even during the trial. Inexplicably, during the trial, the attorney for Mr. Martinez gave a two-sentence opening statement while counsel for Velasco and Vargas each waived their right to make an opening statement. And on top of that, those attorneys chose not to produce character witnesses, nor did they question the character of Jane Smith. Clearly, based upon the inconsistencies, the proven falsehoods, this case should not have been 
brought to trial. And further, we learn about the arson investigation. And we learn that there were issues with testing of the material, with issues with respect to the accelerants. And it should be noted that there were no accelerants found on any clothing of the defendants that was seized. It also should be noted that the defense was not informed, either by the fire marshal or the prosecutors, that wood samples or the plastic containers had been taken for testing and that such testing had proved negative for the presence of accelerant. The written report itself was never disclosed. It's clear that had the defense known about these exculpatory reports, there's a strong possibility that those reports would have affected the outcome of the trial. But it was also determined that the modern understanding of fire science didn't support the fire marshal's conclusion that there was a non-accidental fire caused by the use of an accelerant. You see, modern science, I mean, what was known in 1980 was fairly primitive as far as arson investigation goes. And modern science reflects that if the jury had been informed of these other facts that we know to be consistent with modern arson investigation, that the jury most likely would have found that the fire was started accidentally. You know, the combination of the poor science and the extremely weak evidence against these three men led the Brooklyn District Attorney to throw those cases out many, many years later. And to make matters even worse, years later, on her deathbed, Jane Smith confessed to a number of people that Lucas Martinez and the two other men were not responsible for the fire and the death of those six people. And as we learned in the first episode of this two-part series that the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office exonerated the three men, and two of the three were released from prison to their families. Coming out of prison in their mid-60s, the two men lost half of the years of their life. I can't imagine the feeling that those two men had walking out of prison and breathing free air for the first time in 33 years. Unfortunately for Mr. Martinez, he didn't get that opportunity. His daughter was nine months old at the time of his sentencing. Mr. Martinez died of a heart attack in prison in 1989 while serving 25 years to life for a crime he didn't commit. It's really hard to imagine the toll that this takes not only on an individual sitting in prison knowing he's doing time for a crime he did not commit or she did not commit, but there's also a toll that's exacted on the families. In this particular case, I got to see that firsthand. You see, our office represented Mr. Martinez's family in the wrongful conviction suit against the city of New York. And my colleague Darren Sealback from my office worked very hard to do everything in our power to get some justice for this family. And of course, any monetary settlement cannot bring back Mr. Martinez, cannot bring back the years he lost in prison, and cannot bring back what the family has lost. But at least they were able to take some solace that their husband and their father was exonerated from this horrible crime. And I think that the Brooklyn District Attorney's report is gonna go a long way in preventing stories like Mr. Martinez and the two other men who were convicted of crimes they did not commit. 
On behalf of David, once again, thank you for listening to this episode. Please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating at Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on The Trial Brief.